This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. You're listening to the Freelance Friday Podcast. I'm your host, Latasha James. Whether you're ready to launch the side hustle you've been dreaming about, working to double your freelance income and go full-time, or just seeking inspiration from some of the smart, innovative folks I know, you're in the right place. Enjoy the episode. Hello, everyone. What's up? And welcome back to another episode of the Freelance Friday podcast. I'm your host, Latasha James. You can find me at the Latasha James everywhere. And today we're talking about planning and marketing and selling online courses. So I created a video a while back about how to actually create an online course. It was kind of a step-by-step guide of how to do that. So I'll be sure to link that in the show notes and in the cards up here on YouTube if you're watching. And I thought that I would create this episode because a lot of you were like, okay, where's part two? Like I created the thing. So how do I actually get it out into the world? So that's what we're going to be talking about today. For reference, I actually just launched a new online course. It's called the Social Media Management Accelerator. If you follow me on Instagram, you will have heard a lot about it already, but you can check that out in the show notes at time of recording this, we do still have some spots left and that's kind of what I'm going to be referencing for, for this, uh, this episode, I'll be kind of talking through what I did to launch and sell this course this time, because every strategy that I've done is a little bit different just based on the course. So I'm not going to spend too much time on the actual planning part, because like I said, I have another resource on that that I will link. But the important thing here to keep in mind is you're going to want to plan out your course content, meaning you're going to want to decide on the topic that you're going to deliver the course on. You're going to want to plan the price point. You're also going to want to plan the format. Probably the most common course format is going to be just like a slideshow with voiceover and maybe some videos, but there are also all video courses. There are also audio courses. And for me with the social media management accelerator, what I did this time, I decided to do live videos and text and a community as my course offering. There are going to be some, you know, typical course videos, meaning some slides with voiceovers or some screen shares and things like that. But for the most part, the main selling point is that it is going to be almost like a college course. You know, obviously you're not going to get college credit or anything like that for it, but it's going to be a similar format as to being in a lecture hall or being in a lab with an instructor. So decide on that stuff. And then you'll also want to find a course host, a place to actually sell your course. Now I am pretty loyal to Thinkific. I've used Thinkific for several years now. I just like it. It's easy for me, but there's Teachable. Uh, That's a a probably Thinkific's closest competitor, I would say is Teachable. I also have familiarity with that just because of client stuff, but there's several others out there. You can host courses on Kajabi, on Padaya. You can host courses on sites like Udemy, or I think there's another one that's similar to Udemy. I can't think of it right now, but these platforms, Udemy and Skillshare, that's the other one I was thinking of. Those are like 
search engines and communities in addition to just hosting your course. So you're going to want to keep that in mind. If you're starting with zero audience, meaning you don't have any social platforms built up, you don't have an email list. I would actually probably encourage you to look into a Udemy or a Skillshare because what's going to happen is if you create a social media management course and somebody types in social media management, you might actually come up, but on like a Thinkific or a Teachable, you really need to bring your audience to that platform. So keep those things in mind. You'll also want to plan out a timeline. So I do have another resource on a 90 day launch, I believe is what it's called. It'll be linked, but you'll want, you want to decide, you know, how far in advance are you going to be planning out this content? How far in advance are you going to start marketing and selling this content? So again, for this social media management accelerator, I am selling about 30 days before doors close because this is a cohort based course, meaning that, you know, it's a group learning program. So there's doors open and closed. It's not evergreen. Like my other courses, the journey social and video content creation and, uh, the social media management toolbox, you can buy all of those whenever you want. This course does have a start and end date. So I wanted to start promoting it 30 days before doors closed. I figured that would give me enough time to sell out the program. And another thing, really the last thing that I'll talk about for the planning section is you're going to want to set some goals. I also took you behind the scenes of planning out my revenue goals for this launch that I did. And yeah, it's super important to have something to go off of. You need to have some measure of success. Even if your goal is five courses, that's absolutely okay to have that as your goal, but it needs to be something. You can't just go in and just say, whatever happens, happens, because I have found that when I do that, I underperform. I I don't push myself. I'm like, okay, I sold one. Cool. I didn't think I would sell anything. But when I really kind of start to make it a competition with myself, and we'll talk about this in a little bit, that's when I see that real success that is meaningful and that really... I don't know, helps, helps grow my business. So for the marketing portion, I am a big believer of kind of dropping hints all around for a little bit, maybe a couple weeks to a month before you actually open doors to your community. Now, again, this is going to depend on your community size as well. So if you don't have a community at all, you're actually going to want to back up a little bit and start by building one. So I would say first 30 days, start by generating more engagement, posting high value engagement, driving content on your social channels, and just kind of trying to grow your community. You're not going to start selling. You're not going to be hinting, Hey, I'm launching something soon. Your goal is to deliver value and to get people to connect with you in some way. I was kind of already at that point. That's kind of my evergreen strategy for this YouTube channel, for my podcast, that that's sort of my always on strategy is just to deliver high value content and get people to subscribe, get people to follow the podcast, get people to connect with me on Instagram and Twitter and uh, whatever platforms I'm on. And then, you know, a couple times throughout the year, I can start with this launch. So I started dropping little hints in my YouTube videos and in podcasts and on Instagram, just saying, Hey, I'm working on this new resource. Once you start to generate some interest and really the dropping hints is, is twofold. It's to get people excited, but it's also to kind of test your idea. So if I said, Hey, I'm, I'm thinking about doing my first group coaching program and everyone was like, ugh, I hate group coaching or like, oh, that topic sounds really bad. 
I might go back to the drawing board. Probably what I would do is assemble a formal focus group and see what they thought. And then if they thought it sucked too, then I would go back to the drawing board. But everyone was really excited when I talked about it. So that gave me sort of the green light to go ahead and create a landing page as sort of a hand raiser landing page. And what I did is I said, hey, everyone, you're not committing to purchasing anything, but if you are interested in that program that I mentioned in my last vlog, go ahead and pop your email into the landing page down below. What I'll do is I'll send you an email as soon as I have more info about enrollment so you can get first dibs at it if you are interested. So that's what I did. And I grew that list. I, I use Flowdesk for my landing pages and my emails. And my list this time actually wasn't huge, but I knew based on my goals, I only had space in general for a hundred people in this cohort. And my, my first goal really like my keep the lights on goal was 40 people. So I didn't need a huge, huge list. Now, if your goal is selling a thousand, you're going to need to let that run a little bit more and really promote that hand raiser landing page a little bit longer than I did. But I think I only had a few hundred people on that hand raiser list. Now, while this is all going on, or maybe beforehand, you might already have this done, but something that I did differently for the social media management accelerator is I actually outsourced my landing page copywriting. This was something that I've tried different templates. I, I don't really like templates for writing because I think it takes away a lot of creativity, which is important. Uh, and, and they just didn't work for me. I'm a pretty strong writer, but I'm very slow at writing. I will just nitpick every little word over and over and over again. And I think that it's also good when you're so close to something. I'm so close to my course. I know exactly what I'm trying to communicate, but when you need to like break it down and, uh, you know, really spell out the anatomy of the course to a contractor, to a freelancer, I think you understand it better. And it also helps you address some of those roadblocks that that person has. They might say, oh, wait, I'm confused about this. And you already know it like the back of your hands. So you don't you don't even realize some of those potential confusion areas, if you will. So I outsourced my landing page copywriting. I was super happy with how it turned out. I worked with Big Manta Digital. Her name's Esther and she's a part of the Freelance Friday Club. And so I love working with people who are in the club as well. And she was just so, so awesome. I'm, it's on my list actually this week to write her a great testimonial. So I'll link her down below if you wanna check her out. But that's something that I did. And then I also started working on the marketing materials to uh, be able to launch this with. So what I did, that co the copy that she wrote for my landing page, I really just tweaked it a little bit and turned it into a video script so I could record a landing page video. I find that creating a video, introducing your course, introducing yourself, just being really excited, always, always converts higher than just having text only because, you know, our attention spans are shorter than ever. So I know that not everybody is going to read through that entire landing page. They're going to read the headlines, the bolded copy, and they're probably going to scrub through that video. So I want to make sure that everything is as clear as possible and that there's multiple different ways for them to get the answers that they need. Now, if you're not doing a cohort based course, if you're going to launch an evergreen course, let's say, I think a really good idea at this point is to also 
have some beta testers. Have a couple of people, maybe five people, three people, just run through your course and they get it for free or maybe at a sharp discount. And their payment really is going to be reviewing the course for you. So you create a Google form or a HoneyBook form or whatever it is, send it over to them and they evaluate it based on on the questions that you want to know. And then they also give you a testimonial if they enjoyed the course. I think that's a great, great way to kick off your marketing because Marketing something with testimonials is so much easier than without. What Esther did, and she suggested that I do on my landing page, is just use some of the testimonials from other courses that I've taught. Obviously, we didn't, you know, falsify them. We said, here's what um, students from other courses said, or here's what people who've taken my past courses said, or something like that, just so that people can still get a feel for my teaching style and, you know, how my clients responded to me. But again, if this is your first course, you probably won't have that. So having a beta test group is a really, really great, great idea. And then once all that stuff is done and you are ready to actually press publish on that course and set it live, clear your launch day. Just believe me. I do this every single time. I did this this time. I was like, oh yeah, I only have like two meetings this Friday and it's a chill day. I can totally launch. And I was running around like I was nuts, like I was out of my mind. It just is a high pressure day and it's a good day. You know, I woke up and I had sales already. That's a really good feeling, but there's also just a lot of backend stuff to manage. And also it's a fun experience if it goes well. And I think that you should really soak that in. I'm trying really hard to stop and smell the roses lately, meaning I'm really feeling my success when I have it. And On the contrary, if I'm failing, then I'm able to put my whole self into addressing whatever the heck went wrong. Okay, so launch day. Here we are. What you're going to do is you're going to email that hand raiser list first. Make sure you do this because that's the whole sell. That's how you got them onto that list. As you said, if you want to be the first to know. So if you go public on Instagram or you put put up a Facebook post before that list, people are going to be mad. So what I did for the accelerator actually is I just launched a podcast and it was an audio only podcast. I actually took that week off of YouTube, which ended up working out really nicely because YouTube is my largest audience. And I knew that I had the biggest possibility of selling out if I posted a YouTube video. And so what posting just a podcast did was it enabled this slow trickle as opposed to like this flood of enrollments. And then all the people who signed up for the hand raiser list didn't even get a shot, if that makes sense. So I did the hand raiser list first podcast second. And then actually after the weekend is, is when I posted about it on YouTube and then in between it posted on Instagram as well. So it kind of had like different touch points. And I really like doing that because like I said, if you just open the floodgates, it can be very overwhelming from a resource perspective. You are going to be answering emails all day, crunching numbers all day, doing spreadsheets all day. It's very stressful. But then it also, like I said, gives people different opportunities. You know, I'm not saying only my YouTube people got access to this course and Instagram's like, what the heck? I would have loved to enroll, but there was only a hundred seats. You know what I mean? I think obviously if this is evergreen and it's something that doesn't have open closed enrollment, it's a little bit different. You can kind of open those floodgates a little bit easier, but I did it in different touch points. And it also gives you different touch points with the same people. A lot of people follow me on YouTube and Instagram and the podcast and that email list. And 
maybe we're on the fence, but after that second, third, fourth touch point, they're like, okay, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and enroll. Now, like I said, I kind of just talked about this, but you want to choose your marketing activities. So for the accelerator, mine has all been pretty chill and organic just because I have kind of cultivated this community. I knew people were going to be interested in it. So I haven't done a ton of hard selling. I'm going to see if I need to do a webinar, probably in a couple weeks. If I get to the two week out point and I find that I still have a lot of seats left, I'll probably go ahead and run a webinar or maybe do some retargeting Facebook ads or something like that. But for now, I'm just kind of letting things go and, you know, keeping it top of mind when it makes sense to. But you might want to go in with a bang, if you will. So how I launched the social media management toolbox a few months back is I did a webinar and that converted really, really well. Again, it's in the 90 day launch podcast episode and YouTube video. So that will be linked, like I said, but I kind of detailed my conversion rates and things like that for that webinar, if you want more info on that. But that's something that you might want to do. You might want to do sort of a slow trickle. You might want to do email marketing. So decide what it is that you want to do. You likely will also want to do some kind of a fast action bonus, meaning there is incentive for people to register right away. You know, you're adding some urgency to it. And this can look a lot of different ways. My accelerator has sort of a fast action bonus already because of two reasons. One, I'm launching this at at a beta rate, a beta price. So normally I think the regular price for this program will be at least $100 more expensive than I'm offering it for, but this is the first time I'm doing it. So I want reviews, I want testimonials, I want people to get in there and give me feedback and the next cohort will probably be even better, right? So that's already kind of a bonus that I'm offering it for essentially $100 off. And then also because of that urgency, since it is an open closed program, meaning I only have 100 seats for it, that drives urgency. You know, on launch day, people were DMing me saying, hey, am I too late? I'm like, no, don't worry, we're not. We're probably not gonna sell out at least for a week or two. So you're good. But um, yeah, that, that drives some urgency as well. Now, if you don't have a program like that, other things that I've done, like for the toolbox, I gave people access to a group, the Freelance Friday Club, for a couple of months if they purchased that template set. That was something that I offered only to people who were on the webinar. So it incentivized people to stick around for the duration of the webinar and also kind of gave them that like, okay, I would be out of my mind to not take up this offer if I'm getting that amazing value plus the new course. So Think about that. If you have a very small audience, you can do one-on-one time. I don't recommend doing that if you do have a decent sized audience because that is a really good way to burn yourself out. And so that's not usually something that I offer anymore. If I do, it'll be like the first three people and that's it, but it's not gonna be like every single person who purchases. Another thing you'll wanna do during this phase is customer service. Create a customer service process and plan. We always think we have everything together and then we realize we don't. Like we realize, wow, this is the most emails I've ever gotten in my life and maybe I should have had backup. Maybe I should have had a template to customize things like that. I'm also a big fan of surprising and delighting when it comes to really everything, but especially customer service. And this was something that I was doing a lot over the weekend. If you sent me DMs on Friday on launch day on Instagram, asking questions about the course, 
I likely for not for everybody, but for a lot of people, I would send them a voice memo back. And I think that this is just a nice touch one, because like typing that stuff out would just be a little bit overwhelming. <laughs> it's like the, de- the level of detailed questions that people were asking. But it also, like I said, does that surprise and delight? Not that I'm anybody, you know, important. I'm no celebrity or anything like that. But sometimes people just expect that you're going to have like a VA answering these or you're just going to give like a one word response. And it's nice to have that sort of personalized time with the actual creator so you can really get your questions answered and you're going to want to keep track of your sales. This is where things get really fun. And I've really just leaned into this in this past year or so as my digital products have really grown. I've really leaned into being my own best competitors. I get really competitive with myself. I'm not competitive with other people, but with myself, I'm like, all right, let's see how much we can do in one day. All right, last Friday was a record day. Let's see if next Friday we can beat that. And, you know, it's just really fun. You can like draw little charts and and things like that if you want to, to keep up with it. I create spreadsheets, especially for this one. I have a running spreadsheet just so I can make sure that when we hit that 100th person, I need to close the doors to that course so it's no longer accessible and so on and so forth. This is also going to help you monitor your progress and, you know, monitor your game plan really. I mean, you'll start to notice trends. I mean, for example, Sundays are really slow days. So if I don't sell any on Sunday, I'm not going to panic. But if I don't sell anything on Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday, I'm going to start to get a little bit concerned because that's not typical. And if that happens, I might say, okay, you know what? We need to do another podcast about this. We need to send out some Facebook retargeting ads to people who visited the landing page, but didn't actually convert. We need to do something. And and with that said, install the Facebook pixel on your course site, even if you don't plan to use it. Thinkific makes this really easy. So I don't think I'm going to run Facebook ads for this new course, the accelerator, but just in case I want to, it's there and I can easily retarget people. Like I said, who visited the landing page, but didn't actually make a purchase or who went to the checkout page, but didn't purchase. Or even if I want to retarget people who did enroll, you know, a year from now, or probably wouldn't do it that far out, but you know, 30 days from now, 60 days from now with some other offer for them, I could do that. That as well. So it's always a good idea to just have that in there just in case. Another use case for Facebook ads would be again, if you have a really small organic audience. Now I am a big believer that you should always test your proof of concept. Meaning if you have a hundred people on your email list and none of them purchase, none of them replied to your email with questions, nobody even, you know, you, you got nothing. Maybe your product isn't there yet. Maybe you need to do some revisions to the product. Now, 100 is a very small sample size, so maybe you just need a bigger audience, but that's more of the case to me at the onset. You need to build up that engagement content and that high value content to build your list first, rather than try to pay for traffic that is going to convert, if that makes sense. Because you you really want to be converting people who are warm leads. You want to convert people who already understand the value of your content, 
already have a relationship with you, it's a lot easier to sell to those folks than to try to sell to a stranger. Really, the Facebook ads, in my opinion, should be happening earlier in the process so you can really start to build up that audience and then they'll follow you and then they'll be a lot easier to sell to when it's actually time to to make it happen. Okay, so I hope that this cleared some things up. I hope this was helpful. And if you have any questions about the launch process or about my new course, The Social Media Management Accelerator, feel free to comment in the description box of this YouTube video. You can also go to latashjames.com slash podcast to comment over there. And yeah, I hope you all have a fantastic weekend, a fantastic rest of your day, and I will talk to you very soon for a new one. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. Show notes for this episode are available at latashajames.com slash podcast and contain all of the links I may have mentioned today, as well as an invitation to join my private Facebook group, the Freelance Friday Podcast Community. You can also learn about my ultra exclusive membership community, the Freelance Friday Club. Oh, and if you liked what you heard, please be sure to leave a review on Apple Podcasts or throw me a testimonial over at latashajames.com slash contact. Thanks so much. We'll talk soon.